And now, coming at you live-ish, covering everything pop culture, comic books, and independent wrestling, it's Romeo Falcon and Geeks and Wrestling, the podcast. What's up, what's up? Romeo Falcon sitting here with the Geeks and Wrestling Podcast. Gabby at the Movies Edition, X-Men Apocalypse. My gosh, I can't say anything bad about this movie, but we'll get into that here shortly. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank, of course, the man of the hour, the man with the power, Gabby at the Movies. What's up, man? How you doing? Ah, oh, man, it's one of those days. We're sitting outside taking, rolling the dice because it very well could rain all over us, yep, but we're yes sitting sir. in old Chicago sipping a beer. It's been a stressful day, but... We're going to put all that stress aside, and hey. we're going to talk about what's most important here, and that's X-Men Apocalypse. That's right. And uh, before I get started, I just want to say thank you to all the fans out there that got back to me about the Civil War podcast. I appreciate that. They love you, Gabby. They love what? you. They all love right, you, right, man. Right, well, well, thank you all out there. And I was recently called out on something that I needed to uh, touch on. I uh, was recently called out about my 90-day ta- challenge with CrossFit and the fact that I haven't had an update. So, Gabby, you know about that because yeah. you're an avid uh, listener and fan. I should give an update. And I want to call out Kaylee. So, uh, out of Spectra CrossFit, she called me out and said, Hey, what's up with the update? How are you doing? And I need to give you guys an update. You know, I haven't lost as much weight as I wanted to. However, I have gotten so much stronger in the gym in this past 90 days. My back squat has gone up. My front squat has gone up. All of the weight that I'm lifting in CrossFit has gone substantially higher. So I may not have lost the weight I wanted to in the midsection. However, I'm putting on a lot more muscle in other places of my body, which I'm very, very proud of. So with that being said, I will give you guys an accurate, you know, number of what I've been doing soon. But as far as the CrossFit 90 Day Challenge update is concerned, Romeo Falcon's a lot stronger. Nice, (laughs) nice. Good to hear. So, but this is Gabby at the Movie Edition, and we're talking X-Men Apocalypse, all X-Men Apocalypse. And you know what? I'm really, really excited about this podcast because Celos is on the podcast. Say what's up, Celos. Yo, yo. You stayed awake during this actual movie. <laughs> you did yes. not fall asleep. We went and saw it uh, Monday, Memorial Day. Yep. So, uh, again, on our illustrious Memorial Day and day off, again, we give all of the thanks to the men and women that served the country, that like, gave their lives for our freedom. And on that day, we celebrated by going and seeing X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. And you stayed awake the whole time. Entertaining. In some very comfortable chairs, might I add. So good suggestion on that theater there, Silos. Cool, man. But without further ado, I'm going to hand it back over to Gabby. And Gabby, start us off. We're going to break this down from beginning, middle, end, as far as storyline, what we liked, what we didn't like. And let's just start with exactly Jump Street. Gabby, what did you think about the open of this movie? The open was pretty interesting, man. Uh, you know, it goes back to ancient Egypt, and it was just a, it was just a nice, nice open. I, th- I thought it was cool. I thought the visual effects were pretty cool. Um, I was really impressed with, uh, you know, like that that little storyline just right there. Uh, they had, uh, I don't know, I don't know the names of the extra mutants that were there like his original four. I didn't know the names of the extra mutants as well I yeah. think they were just mutants at the time those his original four horsemen yeah and I I, I, I dug that little storyline that was just happening right then and there you know people betraying him um, just let it just basically wanting to to kill him because he was a false god 
Sure. You know, sure. and uh, the Egyptians realized that. And but, you know, the visual effects on that, the storyline, all great right there. And I, I got to touch on that open, too, because I love how they completely picked it up from what we left off with in Sabanu being, you know, worshipped in Egypt at the very end of uh, Days of Future Past. So they just completely picked up right where it left off in Egypt. And there we see in Sabanur coming through or Apocalypse. And uh, yep, right here. Oh, and we got a pizza coming over. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go grab some plates for you guys. We got a really good meat me pizza <laughs> sitting right here, and it's looking oh so tasty. But we're going to still we're gonna focus on this podcast and not this delicious pizza at Old Chicago. Oh, my gosh. So it just picked up exactly where we left off, and we have this great scene where they're walking through. Like you said, the ancient Egyptians are worshiping this guy, and you see these few Egyptian soldiers that are standing there, and they're like, nope, not this guy. We're going to screw this guy over. And sure enough, we start to see exactly what's happening. We see that. Apocalypse's old body is starting to be transitioned into this new body and we saw that how all happened we saw that, that body being swapped and that's when they kind of turned their back on Apocalypse and you got the horsemen that are sticking up for him so that the body transfer is, is complete which yeah. it was completed I just want to touch on one thing like the visual effects I loved um, how the, the, the old mutants man they were violent they yes. were pretty bloody uh, you know Dude's getting crushed, and what was the guy that got like, imp like just crushed? Yeah, like, yeah. Turned into a ball. I, I was like, that's pretty sick. <laughs> well, I like that scene, and I'm looking at Celos because Celos being the heel that he is, and when that scene happened and that guy got crushed, <laughs> Celos went, oh, <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Yeah, when that dude uh, got whatever twisted into a pretzel ball or whatever, I was just like, oh my god, this is gonna be good. Yeah, we're doing good. No. And who's who's our waiter? We got. Steven is at Old Chicago here in Katy, the only Old Chicago in Houston. So come see Steven at Old Chicago in Katy right off of I-10 on the Geeks and Wrestling podcast. Thank you so much for being on, Steven. No problem. So, yes, Celos being the heel that he was cheered on the fact that that man was <laughs> crushed and turned into a human pretzel. So then he gets kind of cocooned in this, like, power, and, we, and the, the, the pyramid tumbles on top of him. And then we go into present. Well, not present day. We go into 1983. Yeah, that was. Well, I, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, pretty interesting, you know, uh, going into the 80s. Uh, was it like 10 years past, uh, from the events? 10 years from the events uh, at uh, well, and with the Sentinels from Days of Future Past. Right. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good transition. Uh, at, I think the opening transition or the opening scene on that was uh, Mystique or Raven going into uh, saving uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, right. Yeah. And then we're introduced to, to Angel. Which I love that that kind of scene for me was a homage to the original X-Men of 2000 when we're first introduced to Wolverine and he's battling in a cage in Canada. So I thought that was kind of a cool, clever you know, homage to X-Men 1 where it all started. Yeah, the, the little Easter egg drop right Absolutely. there. Absolutely, and we did see a small Easter egg that Angel just got done defeating Blob. Yeah. And yeah. I love that we saw a, a, a version of Blob. Getting carried out. Getting, yeah, getting <laughs> carried out from getting beat by Angel. Um, and now we're getting into that scene. I love that there are so many mutants introduced into this movie in such a small introductory way but still made sense. Nightcrawler, for instance, we saw right. Angel beat uh, the Blob, and he cheers on. He says the, the the great Angel or whatever have you that's fighting in the cage. So now we know. Okay, that's Angel. 
Mm -hmm. And then he introduces, from the Munich Circus, the incredible Nightcrawler. Yeah. So that was pretty much, and that is Nightcrawler's backstory. He's from the circus, yep. and he's the incredible Nightcrawler. And that was pretty much, okay, we got it. Because at this point, we don't have to keep giving so many of these characters a full lengthy backstory. We know they're all mutants. That's the beauty of X-Men. Right. In Avengers, these guys have to have a backstory. Black Panther needed a backstory. Bucky needed a backstory. Iron Man needed his own movie. These X-Men, they don't need their own movie, so to speak. They're born with this power. And that's how we thats how we get to love them so much. I, I think, think. I, I agree with you 100%. I think that we don't need the backstory because so, much, so many of us, are in in this era raised on those 90 90s cartoons Absolutely. that we talked about um, off the air and you know we we know we know who these are we know these who these people are and you know what they're about and uh, you know it was it was it was great to hear just you know this is nightcrawler this is his, his backstory two sentences and that's that's it we we moved on yeah. yeah exactly and then we get in a really good battle between nightcrawler and, and angel they really Kicked a lot of ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that battle, I mean, you didn't see that coming from. You, you really don't look at Angel like a, much of an ass kicker. Yeah. But he was in that cage, and then the same thing with Nightcrawler. Like you saw him kind of go out of his shell, and he kind of beat up Angel a little bit. Yeah. And then he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." So yeah. you can see, like, he has to get a little mad to let it come out, but he's still a humble guy. Right. You know, CeeLo, <laughs> you, you have a you have a face. Yeah, I mean, uh, just with the same scene here, um, when that scene came up, um, I was, you know, I, when it first started, I said, oh, my God, this is going to be good. It's dark. They're showing, you know, killing. Uh, that's that's the, uh, that's the uh, pyramid scene when they're in the pyramid. Then when we saw, yeah, uh, Nightcrawler and Angel fighting, um, I, kind of, I kind of was just like, please don't disappoint me because one of the things that I don't like in movies is when stuff is like, what they call on the nose, meaning I think like after they fought, one of them says, let's get out of here. No, we can't because there's guards around. And then the camera like pans over to a guard with, uh, you know, with a machine gun. And it's like, I hate that cheesiness of a movie. So there was a lot of like little cheesy things like that, you know, that I said, please don't let it be that kind of a movie. Um, but it wasn't. I mean, obviously, as it as it got on, as it as the movie progressed, it kind of like got better. But for a minute, I said, please don't let it be a cheesy movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, but but that scene, did you take out of that scene of Nightcrawler and Angel fighting to a point where that was a little bit for you to go, okay, this movie's about to kick some ass? Yeah, yeah, there was elements I'm like, man, this, this movie's about to kick some ass. But then again, as the director tries to educate the viewer, you know, it's that, it's that kind of stuff like, hey, let's get out of here. Where's the exit? And all of a sudden, the camera points at the exit sign. There it is, you know. That kind of like simple cheesiness, I don't like. I don't. I don't think what you like is the two simplistic directors. Like, we need an exit. Boom. There's a pan of the exit. We didn't need to know that. Like, we need to get out of here. Okay, get out of there. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and so it was. It, that was happening. It got better as the movie went on, but at the beginning, a lot of that was happening. I don't. You know. But but at that point, I was already like, please don't let this movie go bad. Yeah, I get you. I got you. So Gabby, now we're introduced, and now. From there, it, it completely just for me, it was just a roller coaster. Like, okay, we saw Apocalypse, we saw the origin story, boom, we get introduced to Nightcrawler, and then we go on to, the, the, we just jump on a ride. Right. It was, it was a, a 
a lot of things thrown at you pretty quick. Um, and I have to apologize because I had to use the restroom like twice. <laughs> yeah, you did. Which, which is not very good. Not my typical self, but I'm on a, I'm trying to drink a gallon of water every day. So it's good for you. <laughs> it's real good for so you. I have to, but I have to go. Yeah. And when you got to go, you got to go. Absolutely. Um, um, so if you can introduce me to the next part. I well, don't how did you feel? Because it almost it, it then goes into like I want to just jump into Cyclops. Okay. That introductory scene where. Again, we, we know Cyclops. We know who he is. Right. And they gave us a small little introductory introduction of his powers. Dude's getting bullied a little bit. He kinda has an attitude and, yeah. and it's shown in the in the in the scene where the prince where the, the teacher says, I assume you know where the principal is. Right. So you can tell he's kind of a bad boy. Um I really like that he he went to the bathroom and you can see that he's getting bullied and that was kinda what elevated him to have that because it's also stated that in adolescence is when a mutant power will manifest. Right. So that was like, oh, okay, he's, he's an adolescent, he's a teenager growing up, and he just like puberty, boom, we get hit with the, the x-ray eyes, and he knocks the bully, and he's like, yeah. sends up off of the door, and he's like, oh, no. And, and now it's like, okay, great, now we got it. What I loved about that scene is that um, going back to the X-Men cartoons, I always thought Cyclops was kind of like a, how do I put this? kind of weak <laughs> um i didn't like him very much he was he's always a boy scout exactly but I, I but and what i what i loved about that scene is that the you know uh he's like rubbing his eyes kind of crying in the bathroom and the bully is like i haven't even beat you up yet dude and that's how i felt like that dynamic sets him up perfectly because you know he kind of like in the in the cartoons he got bullied by a by Wolverine a lot by a Luke, lot <laughs> you know and he's always getting made fun of and stuff like that so I thought that was like a great intro to who his personality was sure and uh, it, was, it was a good way to start with, with uh, Cyclops and I like that they completely brought in the fact that Cyclops and Havoc are brothers mm-hmm. great I didn't like the fact that their parents were kind of human but I guess I'm thinking of their parents being more foster parents because um, their backstory is Cyclops and, and uh, or, or yeah, Cyclops and Havoc, they're adopted because their mm-hmm. dad is the leader of the Star Jammers out in space. He's a, a space pirate. And the mother ends up uh, passing away, so they end up going into foster care, and that's how they kind of go about their backstory. But I, I, didn't, I don't know. I, I saw their parents, and I'm like, that's not Corsair. But I guess, again, you don't want to give people yeah. too much to question. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I felt comfortable enough to be like, okay, you know, it's a good way to, good way to start. And, yeah. uh, you know, they take them to the the X Men Mansion or the Xavier's School uh, for the Gifted. School for the Gifted, exactly. Right. And you know, and I, I still love that dynamic of of him because he's still like an arrogant jerk. Like uh, Jean Grey bumps into him, and she he's like watch where you're going or something like that. And she speaks to him in his mind. She's like, watch where you're going. He's like, what, how'd you say that? So it was, it was kind of a cool little, oh, the, the, the the sweet romance is about to start. And I see you over there like, oh no, you ain't got nothing on that one. Cause I almost, uh, no, actually, what was that girl's name again? Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Okay. No, I mean, man, I was entertained. I was awake for this part. I mean, how did you feel about Cyclops shooting the bully in the, in the bathroom? Did you see, 
think that was a little too cheesy or did you like that as an introduction to Cyclops? Yeah, I mean, it was really quick, which is what I like because I'm like, I mean, what I liked about this was that it had a good, it had a good pace. Like it didn't, it didn't draw out scenes and when, you know, when you're getting the little backstory of him, it was small enough, quick enough to hit you and then move the story forward. They did a really good job on that one. So Cyclops for you, did you feel like he was a, like the bullied or did you feel like he was kind of a rebel in himself? Uh, man, honestly, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I see him as a good guy no matter what, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, he, he was a little maybe too wholesome. I, I like him dark. I like darker characters, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, okay. I got you. I got you. So now we're at the X-Mansion, and, and now, you know, Wolverine, or not Wolverine, but um, now we, we also get introduced during that same period of time, Moira ends up going to Cairo and... and pretty much awakening apocalypse yeah. and she has to go back to Washington and give her a report in which this time when that happened in Cairo and that big massive energy blast the world felt that you know Magneto yeah. felt that where he was which we'll get into in a second and we also learn that everyone is assuming that Gene was the one that did that because Gene is having these very uncontrollable earthquake type like mind headaches while she sleeps and it, it, I love the way they introduced that because they did it so subtle, mm -hmm. but you understood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't cause that, but everybody just like, oh, well, she's the one that always does it. Uh, she's a weirdo mutant. So they didn't have to go on drawn out about Jean has these headaches. Oh, and she's, you know, not well, and she doesn't know how to control her powers. Right. It was said without saying it. Yeah, it was condensed into really one scene, you know, where... Xavier's uh, goes up there and is like checking on her and you could see that she's not she's not dealing with her powers really well right like the paints boiling off the walls and right. stuff like that and it was just you know it was a gr like like everything else in this movie it's it was great concise and to the point sure yeah and I, I felt the same way it was just it had like like CeeLo said the pace of this movie at this point is just it wasn't boring it, we're just we're just we're going at a great pace. We're going at a great pace. There's not too much stuff where like, oh, they're just talking a little too much. Oh, uh, can we yeah. pick up, pick it up now? Everything flowed so well. And yes. again, at that point, Xavier's like, all right, I got to go check out Moira because he ends up figuring out that there's something that she knows that they need to find out because he looks into Moira's mind and she found something, which at is the apocalypse. At the epicenter of yeah. the Exactly. Yeah. And so, they, you know, and this is the, the, I love the little small little things because now it's like full circle. The very first X-Men First Class, Moira's in there and Moira and, and Xavier have this little love thing going on. Yeah. But unfortunately, Xavier has to like, hey, erase that from her mind because, you know, he's got to, got to move on and you can't expose the mutants at the time. And now they have that little element where like, oh, have you looked up Moira? Oh, Yeah. Check. I'm gonna go check her. Check. Check on her. Yeah. You know, like so. I like that little element of bringing her back and and them kind of having a little bit of a. Again, those little subtle comedy spots right. and 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 really bringing it full circle. So, how did you feel about that? Like, you know, um, it was all right. It wasn't a a big point in the movie for me. Um, I did enjoy it. The, um, it, like you said, it's like a little comic relief because. You, it's obvious, like he's still in love with with uh, Mora, and uh, 
you know, she doesn't really remember. Or she, well, she does. Obviously, she doesn't remember, but she. It's like something stuck in the back of her mind. Like she kind of remembers, but right. really doesn't. And but, you know, uh, Xavier is a stuttering fool around her. You know? Yeah. And, and it, I, was and very, I loved it. it was very clear in that scene where he's in the office and he looks up and sees that she has a son and he goes, oh, you, you have a son. And th- does he have a husband? I mean, <laughs> does, you know, so it was, it was funny. And I like that they did it that way instead of having. A, a, and again, they did have somewhat of a comic relief character that was in Quicksilver, mm-hmm. but he didn't feel like right. the comic relief character. You know what I mean? Like, he still had a, I mean, dude, the scene. Let's get just jump are, into are that. We, are we going to jump? In? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, well, right before before you jump into that. Okay, so, okay. It's just got me at the movies. So. All right, so th- there's one issue that I kind of don't like, and maybe it's not a big issue, but it, it, it was for me. All right, so before we jump into the Quicksilver scene, um, so the mansion, all the, the, the kids, they're, they're having a good time, and uh, they decide to go out, go paint the town, steal one of the cars. <laughs> you know, I, I, I liked I, it. I know where you're going with this. And with uh, Jubilee. Ah, uh, yes, yes, all yes. Right. So, but she's a 90s girl. This is an 80s movie. Did you see her more as a 90s girl? Yes. I mean, with the, with the pink shirt, the yellow jacket, the, the Wayfarer, Ray-Bans on her hair, on her head. Totally 90s. I was like, that's 90s, dude. So uh, you saw her as a 90s character and not an 80s character. Exactly. Okay, I thought you were going somewhere completely different All than right, me. <laughs> well, go ahead, man. I, I wanted to see Jubilee in action. I, I did. I mean, yeah. I, let's be honest. Jubilee's probably the lamest character in X-Men. <laughs> if not one. Well, one of them. One of them. Yeah, one of them. But they did mention that she was going to kind of fight in this movie. And I was like, sweet. We finally get to see... Jubilee, because as much as I think she's useless, she's relevant. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I wanted to see her, and we didn't. Um, but in that scene where they go sneak off to the mall, I love that they're walking out of Return of the Jedi. And, uh, you know, we got to admit that Empire was so much better. It ended on a, it was so dark. And, well, we can all agree, the third one's always the worst. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that was a complete shoot at X-Men 3. Uh, whatever, whatever the one was, yeah. what it was called, no, I, I, the Last Stand. That yeah. was a terrible movie, I and agree. I think that that was a complete shoot at that. So, do you have anything on that one? Uh, Before y'all jump to the mansion scene, I wanted to touch on something that I thought was kind of cool, but um, it has to do with when they awakened. Uh, was it? What's that bad guy's name again? Apocalypse. When they awaken him. One of the things that I really like about this movie is that if you notice, and, and I'm not sure who the writers are, it's like the biblical elements that they that they bring in the movie. You know, the four horsemen, obviously that's from the Bible. And then even when he's talking, he says, some people know me as, uh, did he say Elohim and uh, Ra? Krishna. You know, you know, Krishna. Yeah, when he, it's like they bring this religion point of view into it. And, and it's all relevant. It's not like made up, you know. And I'm like, man, whoever put this movie together has to know, let's say, Christianity or religion, like a little bit to like throw that conversation out there, which I think is kind of cool. I credit that to Brian Singer. Brian Singer has been the guy that's been heavily involved in this, and I, I think he's the one 
that is really like influencing so much. Like maybe not the Jubilee, the '90s Jubilee and an '80s movie, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, I, I I like that too because he does say that he's like. I've been referred to as a lot of things, Ra, Krishna, Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh. Which are all... That, that's Jewish rever- God. Yeah. Yeah, and as, as a matter of fact, it, it just if he would just add a little bit more of like, you know, like let's say in the Christian Bible, they talk about how the Antichrist is going to bring fire from the sky. If they would throw that element in the X-Men, I would say, oh my God, whoever is like writing this is writing it like has some sort of... Christian scholar or read good books about you know end times or something because they're like tying it all in which is makes me say which makes me feel like they're also making this movie for the educated I don't know for the educated person not just like rinky dink nine-year-old kids you know what I mean and I completely agree with you on that because there are so many elements of X-Men that I think are for the educated yeah for the educated or you know I don't want to say adults but you need to have some sort of I mean, like, who talks about Christian uh, theology, you know, and then somehow ties it in into the movie. And, yeah, I mean, we know that it's not going to be like that, but it's in there, and it's not, like, bad. Well, you, you also know? think that X-Men was, I think it started in the 60s. I think it was the 60s when X-Men was the first issue that came out. At that time, we were at the point and the pinnacle of racism to where you see a lot of similarities to where Xavier parallels dr king and magneto parallels a malcolm x they're both fighting for the exact same thing for their people you know the minorities the african-american and they're both fighting for that same whereas xavier's preaching peace we can do this through peace to blend you know mutants and humans together same thing with martin luther king blacks and whites where Malcolm X was saying, hey, we got to fight for ours. And, and, and you're right. And that those are the points that make me appreciate this movie because I'm like, okay, this is just not a movie for six-year-old kids. You and, know? and that's the big difference between, I think, X-Men movies and Captain America and the Avengers right. movies. The Avengers movies cater to the kids. And I speak on this because, let's say right now, for instance, we just got done off the cusp of Civil War. When you go to Target... When you go to Walmart, when you go to any of these shops, there's Avengers toys plethora galore. It's been a matter of two weeks since those two movies have come out. How many X-Men toys have you seen? Not many. Exactly. So that's where, like, I think X-Men caters to the uh, viewers like you and I. Right. Though we watched a great movie with Civil War, kids walked away from that going, I want to be Black Panther. Where we walked away from that movie going, you know what? Magneto has got a point for killing people. <laughs> so that's how I feel about that. Actually, you know what? Uh, here's another cheesy little scene. Uh, if you ever see the movie again, and this is before the mansion part, which is why I'm throwing that in there while I can. Uh, when uh, Apocalypse is like uh, making the armor for Angel. Oh, that's that's later down. Is that, go is that later down? Go on. <laughs> and it's like the the three other horsemen are like behind behind Apocalypse, just checking them out. I'm like, dude, aren't y'all gonna go do something? When Apocalypse was putting the armor or whatever on um, on, on Angel. Angel, if you look at that scene again, it's like the other three horsemen. I think minus Magneto, because Magneto's talking to uh, no Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like they're like right behind him while he's like putting on the the Angel armor. See, I'm very much like of a Tarantino kind of guy, where it's like, that's just a stupid scene. Like, they're just standing there while he's putting on 
the armor. It's like go do something. Go. So they should should they have been in fear? Should they have been in? They, awe, they could have or? been. They could have been Facebooking. I don't care. But to have them just hover over his shoulder, like wow, you're putting on an armor over Angel. But he was making that armor, and I I took that when we're talking about it in that sense. Again, known as Ra Krishna, Jesus. Okay, that's like him watching, or them watching Jesus perform a miracle. Right, right. Which which makes it funny. I, I I never see things like that. I'm like I said. So like, wait a minute. How are you able to see something like, wow, this is really educated. They're talking about biblical things, but you're not seeing it in the aspect of him performing a miracle. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. But it's like, it, like again, which is why I like Tarantino because. Not everything has to be more like, let's all like, you know, because I'm, I'm sure the actors are like, well, what are we doing in this scene? Just look over his shoulder and just admire what he's doing. You know, it's like, I like where Tarantino's like, yeah, <laughs> you guys aren't always gangsters. You guys have to talk about like foot And massages. ladies and gentlemen, just like that, the heel celos is here. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there, man. <laughs> but we recently just skipped over something and I want to... <laughs> <laughs> and I want to touch on it right now. All right, let's touch on this. The Magneto scene. Yeah, yeah. We got to get into Magneto. Tell me how epic it was. Magneto has finally found peace. Got married, had a daughter, working a nine-to-five. Life is good. It's yeah. good. And things are okay. Tell me how you felt about uh, this guy. Dude, dude. Uh, so, not, not very... Not, not a lot of things are gonna move me to to be emotional. Um, just like recently, Game of Thrones. If you haven't seen it, episode five, uh, season six, episode five. Check it out. Um, the end scene was pretty emotional. This one was pretty emotional too, because you know he's trying to he's trying to do the straight and narrow. He's trying to live live right. He's not hurting hurting anybody. And what happens? He helps out somebody. And like they say, no no good deed goes unpunished. Of course, right. you know, he, he gets, uh, they find out, you know, he's. Uh, well, and you, like sir. you said, you know, the earthquake happens. This big steel mm -hmm. gallon or steel drum of hot molten st steel yeah. is about to fall on another guy. And what does Magneto do? He saves his life. And a few people see him him do it. And he's like, you know, you can see it in Magneto's face, like, crap. I should have yeah. let him die. But he's he, he, trying to do what's right. Yeah. You know, he's at peace right now. He's got a daughter. He does know right from wrong is the thing. Like, he knows, you know, right from wrong. And he's trying to live that life. But at that in particular moment, he saves him and he goes, crap. They saw me. And sure enough, just like mm -hmm. you say, those people that witnessed it went to the police and they for lack of better terms they snitched on them yep <laughs> they there's some snitches yep Sni you know snitches get ditches or get uh, put in ditches or get stitches one wow of those things. I butchered that one huh yes i did absolutely <laughs> snitches get stitches or, or wind up in ditches there you go okay <laughs> <laughs> I tried so hard, guys. That I was know. me trying to be gangster, and this Romeo Falcon <laughs> is not gangster whatsoever. <laughs> so, there you go. And sure enough, the police come to his house or his home, and they take his daughter. And what does he do? Hey, I'm I, I was in the wrong. Take me out. Don't hurt my daughter. 
Yep. And they're like, okay. Well, lo and behold, we find out, which we kind of knew that his daughter was a mutant. And then lo and behold, we find out that his daughter can communicate with animals. And I'll, next thing you know, the birds, like, good old-fashioned, who was the guy that had the movie The Birds? See, I'm looking at you. No. No, the movie from The Birds. He was Hitchcock. Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock. Like Alfred Hitchcock, the birds, these birds start pecking at these people, and they're like, make her stop. And then in the midst of the confusion, because they had bows and arrows. They didn't have yep. no metal on them. No metal. And he lets an arrow go. And, and it, you knew it. Oh, you knew it. Oh, my gosh. As heart-wrenching as it was, the arrow pierces the daughter and the wife. But doesn't the, doesn't the arrow have a metal tip? Just saying. Arrowhead, man. Arrowheads. Just Come sharpened on. piece of wood, man. Sharp there. piece of wood. Arrowhead. Uh, Native Americans, they did find things in the wilderness without having to have metal. Okay? Gosh, you're such a heel. <laughs> There's no way there was no metal. There's bows and arrows. <laughs> Those arrows had steel tips. Teal. So there you have it. Boom. Magneto. And and then we all looked at each other. I know I looked at you. I kind of looked at you. And I think you even said it. Well, he effed up. <laughs> <laughs> And sure enough, man, he's holding his, his daughter, holding his wife, and he takes the little locket that has the pictures of his parents made of metal, and he sends that flying through the air, and it just pierces every one of those officers' neck, yeah. killing them instantly. And it was glorious. <laughs> I, thought it was, I, I thought it was just a, a badass scene, you know? Just, oh, my gosh. You know, you could feel the, the rage, the emotion of him just like, screw it. You know, I am what I am. And he accepted it right yeah. then and there at the very end. He screams. He goes, you know, he's screaming. Is this what I am? Is this all that I am? Silos, you got something to say. Yeah, no. And, and that scene confirms with what I said that for a minute at the, you know, it started off good. Then when it got to that scene of like, you know, cheesiness and trying to educate the viewer, I'm like, no, don't educate me. Just just do a good movie, man. Don't try to like simplify it for me. And when it did, when that scene happened, I did feel like, yes, this is like now it got dark again. It got mature, you know. Took took them all out, you know. And I'm like, that's what I wanted. I don't want to be. I, don't give me like teaspoons. Give me like the good stuff, you know. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly why he fell asleep in Avengers: Captain America: Civil Probably. War. Probably. <laughs> He's like, this is too nice. I need somebody to die. They're too happy. Kill somebody. Yeah, it's like, hey, don't eat that. That's poison. How do you know? And then they show the medicine bottle. There's like a skull with like the, the bones, like an axe. Like, oh, okay. Just you don't need that kind of direction. Right. You just need death. Just just give it to me straight on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh. So at this point, we've got an apocalypse who has his three horsemen, Angel, who has now has metal wings. We've been introduced to Psylocke, which was... A very quick introduction, which I think this is why we're skipping over the introduction to Simon. Yeah. She's introduced. She looks hot. Next thing you know, she's with Apocalypse, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And, of course, we have Storm, which, again, we kind of passed over that. But, again, Storm, very simplistic. She was a thief. She looks up to Mystique, meets this guy. He's like, hey, come with me, gives her some power. Of course she's going to follow. Yeah. So let's just move on from there. So at this point, Magneto goes back to the factory where he works, and he's all like, F you guys. You guys all snitched me out. 
you're gonna die. Yeah. And now Apocalypse shows up with all of his his friends, and I love this scene so much because Apocalypse is standing there. All the workers are like, "Who's going? Who is that? Are we gonna die?" Magneto turns around, looks at Apocalypse, and just says it. Who the f are you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, and I think that was probably a good scene for Celos because Celos is like, "Yeah." Who the F are you? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> I mean, and then he tells him, hey, don't try to stop me from killing these guys. They're going to die. And Apocalypse goes, <laughs> kills them all. No problem. I'm here for you. Yep. And then Magneto goes, let's do this. Yeah. Come on. And, I mean, that, and that was a real powerful scene, too, the, the following scene where they go to Auschwitz, you know, and they – and he takes him back to the, his uh, childhood, his memories, and stuff like that, and you know, really expands his power into like, like really, really getting in touch with like every piece of metal throughout the world. No, that was a very, very powerful scene because this this whole his hatred, Magneto's hatred, is based off of the Holocaust. Right. It's completely based off that. The reason why he hates and the reason why he feels a certain way is because he was done dirty in the Holocaust. Yeah. He was a Jew. Why would you ever want to take a man that you already know is hateful, vengeful, to the place where you know the worst of his life has happened? Yeah. And Magneto took him there going, hey, let's get that power. Let's tap into that anger. Let's yeah. tap into that rage. Let's tap into that. Apocalypse did that. Exactly. Yeah. And he sure did. He said, hey. Bring it out, man. Let's get that rage out of you. We need that for the team. And then you saw him completely obliterate that concentration camp, and he's standing there, and Apocalypse is kind of like, yeah. He was like, all right, let's do let's, it. Let's do this. <laughs> and at that point, now we're getting to a point where Xavier has already talked to Moira. They know that somebody's there. Apocalypse is the villain, and they need to get to him. And Matt, and uh, and uh, Xavier's like, I'm going to talk to Magneto. I'm going to find out what's going on because he's kind of like the one that they're trying to reach because they just found out that he's killing people again. Right. You know, because that's why Mystique went to Xavier and said, hey, Magneto's resurfaced. He's killing again. We got to get this guy. And lo and behold, Xavier finds out that Magneto is with Apocalypse. And that's when Apocalypse finds out Xavier's power. Right. And he's like, hey, I need that power. Yep. I mean, how did you feel about that scene when Apocalypse is now tapped into Xavier's mind and Xavier's like, I've never felt anything like this before. What did that do to you? Because no. for me, I was like, yes. I was I was amazed. I was just, like, blown away. Like I said, the special effects, like, where you – I don't know. Every time I see Cerebro, it, 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 it's, it gets better and better, like, uh, the iterations throughout the movie. Because I really felt connected. I felt like you could see everybody in the world or every mutant in the world. And you're just like, wow. I like the evolution of Cerebro yeah. sort of this point. And they keep, like, just giving me exactly what I want. When it and, comes to yeah, like, some, somehow it gets better. Like, uh, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe is it X2 or X3, whatever. They had, like, dots representing yeah. mutants. And now you can actually see actual mutants like right, their right. 3d holographic selves and stuff like that i, I like that too but I, I like that even at that point apocalypse is like i want xavier i want his power yeah he's my guy and sure enough they teleport themselves to the x mansion 
and Magneto pulls Xavier and, you know, that whole Havoc, get him. Yeah. And Havoc is like, I got him, and he shoots, and they're like, no, and he blows up the power generator for the plane. Yep. And then we go into something. <laughs> we go Right now, Silos, if you don't mind, at this point of the podcast, can you please give me a little sweet dreams? <laughs> Not a problem. Yes. Because at that point, what a perfect song for the 80s right there is that, that Sweet Dream song. Yeah. And then there, there they go. They go right into the whole Quicksilver running and, you know, oh, my gosh. Just, dude, it, that, that whole scene <laughs> was, like, just epic. It was fun, uh, hilarious. I, I mean, I'm running out of adjectives to describe oh it. Oh, my gosh. It, man. <laughs> he rolls up. He has a Twinkie, and he looks at the card, looks at the address, and goes, huh. And then he just runs yeah. in, and then there it is. Everybody's blowing up, and he's like, he cracks his fingers. He's like, got this. And then he just starts saving everybody. Yeah, and he and he's saving them in like weird ways, like throwing them in blankets tied to trees. <laughs> uh, my fa- one of two of my favorite parts in the, in the, was when the kid's combing his hair. Yeah. And he moves his comb, and he licks his hand, and spikes his hair. <laughs> And then runs out, and the other scene was when the dog is, yeah. is eating the pizza, which I didn't know. Oh, there's a motorcycle driving by us, which I didn't know. That's Stan Lee's dog. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. That was Stan Lee's dog. I didn't know that. Yeah, I found that out. So, And he, he saves the dog, and the dog gets to finish his pizza. I just. <laughs> yeah. It was. I thought that scene was just so good. He's saving everybody in all these weird ways. He saves the fish. Yeah. You know, he drinks some tab, 80s reference. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like the part where uh, the kids are on the roof, like, trying to make out, and he's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, That completely blew the other Quicksilver scene out of the water because the other Quicksilver scene from Days of Future Past was good. Yeah. But this one, the music, you know. Yeah, I think the music. Sweet dreams. (laughs) And he's just running around doing his thing. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I I thought that was was a really good scene, and I think it worked well. Or yeah. what, it, what it needed to have. So, um, and at that point, it's it's balls to the wall now. Like, okay. And then, I didn't see this coming. Striker shows up. Yes. I didn't see that coming. When I saw that, I've seen the movie twice now. But in that scene, the the mansion's blown up. Everybody's standing there, and all of a sudden, this chopper just comes in. And I'm like, okay, who who's this? And then Striker gets out. I'm like, oh no, what? Dude, when like when he walked out, he was just like straight up badass, you know. He uh, did. He did. Oh man, it was just. I don't know. I keep referencing the other X Men movies, and then, uh, so I think of like when I think of Striker, sometimes I think of like the, like he was heavy set, fat, you know. Um, I forget which one. I think that's X Two. X Two. Yeah. Yeah, and then this is like an actual Colonel. Colonel. I, I mean, you, you see him and. You know, you believe it, yeah. Because you, you go to a military base, you're gonna see a colonel. You know, they're typically not out of shape. Some are, but, <laughs> but He's mo- speaking the truth, people. <laughs> but most are gonna be in, in shape, like still physically fit, because they gotta pass the test and and whatnot. And you're like, yes, this guy's actually in the army. You know, he, he could be special forces. Just straight up badass. I like, like it. yeah, sick. And at that point, Mystique sees him, and she's like, oh crap. Yeah, she's like, no, everybody run, and then boom, he hits that little gun, and everybody drops. But Cyclops, Gene, and Nightcrawler are still like low key, like 
We're good. We're yeah. good. And I, I like that, but I didn't see Stryker coming at all. Yeah, I, I didn't see that happening, which was good. I, I had an inkling, or if you want to say that, I don't know. Okay. Is that okay. still a word, inkling? It is a word. Okay. Uh, is it still a word? But <laughs> I didn't know we were able to ex- – <laughs> Are we able to abolish words in the English no, dictionary? I, th- I think they go out of style sometimes. You know. Oh, they go out of style. Or, I, I, or out of style. Yeah, like I, I know lol is a, a word in the dictionary. Or tweeting is in the dictionary now. Yeah, but those are words added. I'm talking about words that are taken oh. away. I don't know. I still say calabanga. Really? It's still no. a word. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. So, anyways. yeah, moving but, on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of had a feeling him coming through from the trailer. Sure. You, you know, whenever, whenever you see Wolverine... No striker and may or may not. I didn't see it coming, but now you just said a, a key word there, Wolverine. Yeah, because there's few scenes that made that movie for me. Oh my gosh, Wolverine, Weapon X. Oh my gosh, dude. I they like go into this room and they're trying to help everybody out. At this point, they're in Alkali Lake. They're where you know the Weapon X program is 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 being made. Right. And sure enough, man, they walk in this room and they're like, I think there's an animal in there. And, a beast. And, and you, <laughs> a beast. And, they're, and at that point, you just know. You're like, oh, man, that's yeah. Wolverine. And sure enough, they let him out. And he's standing there and he's got all the little gadgets on his belt and he's got the helmet on. And I'm like, I lost it. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's Weapon X. This is it. Exactly. And he's just berserker. Rah, kills everybody. What did you think of that? Uh, like, uh, it was just a, just amazing, amazing the the visual effects, the, I, I, I love Wolverine and that's like, my favorite part of Wolverine is just like how he gets pissed off and goes into a rage, you know? Yeah. And that was just like yes, like, like I think that's everything that we've been waiting for is like all right, just let him loose, you know, let him be Wolverine and, and be just a, 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 a monster. A like beast. The, yeah. yeah. I love it. He's and, he, and he was. And he and it was everything that, well, it's everything that I expected out of it, you know? I think it exceeded expectations for me, but Celos, you're the heel here. How did you feel about that, that scene where Wolverine just kills everybody? Awesome. Awesome. Of no, course. but you know what? Actually, uh, I'm going to throw something else in there when I was looking at this. All right. Uh, you know, when I, one of one of the things that I like about this movie, and and I thought this when I saw Wolverine, is what's great about uh, these characters is how old they are. You know, um, it's kind of like I kind of felt like we don't always need to see twenty to twenty five year old, you know, young people, you know, at the prime of their life, you know, be uh, be on the screens. When I'm looking at people like Wolverine, probably close to fifty. What's the name of the actor that plays Hugh him? Jackman? Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Along with Magneto um, and, you know, some of these other guys, I kind of feel like they set a tone where you can also look at it and say, damn, I could, al- I could almost be 50 and have a body like Hugh Jackman because I'm sure, I'm sure he works out, you know. <laughs> so it's not just a bunch of, like, young kids running around in spandex thinking, oh, my God, they look great. They also give hope to the, other, to the older people. <laughs> so I'm all like, yeah, on there different you have levels. It. There you have it. Celos is like. 50 and in shape. I can do this. 50's the new 30. Yeah, 50's the new 30. Well, right on, Celos. You, hey, I, ex- you. I expect you. I expect you to go on a 90-day challenge as well and get in shape, brother. 
while we're sitting here eating pizza, drinking beer. Exactly. Rock on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Actually, that is kind of funny. Talk about how, I'm, how much I admire him, and then I have like, I just ate like two pieces of, of, of pizza. Good pizza. There you go. <laughs> So now, and, and I love it, like, he kills everybody, and then he has that shared moment with Gene, where Gene gives him a memory back, and he gives him a name. Right. Okay. And that was it. But I love how everybody in that facility was killed, and they're like, Weapon X is loose! And they're just like, we're screwed. Yeah. We're screwed. Even Striker's like, uh, I'm out of here. Yep, he's like, I'll be right back. And yeah. he left. <laughs> he's up and left. Up and left. So at this point, uh, all the, all the, everybody's been saved from Alkalia Lake. And they find a jet, and they're like, we know we got to get to Cairo because at this point, Xavier sent a big telepathic message to everybody and said, hey, Apocalypse is here. You're all doomed. It's going down. And it's a done deal. So at this point, they fly to Cairo. They get some really badass suits, the flight suits, which yeah. I thought looked cool. I thought the flight suits didn't look too corny. Yeah, yeah. I thought they're they looked all right. cool. They're all right. Know? Yeah. At this point, it's the epic battle. It's X-Men. Versus Apocalypse and his horsemen. And it goes down. And I loved every minute of it. Because they really... Mystique says it. Hey, you're not kids anymore. We're X-Men. No, no that's at the end. That's it is at the end. But she's still telling them, like... Yeah, like... Not, we, you know, you can't control your power, but let's let's fight. Just, yeah, just let it fly. Let's let it go. And, again... I, I finally got to see the 90s battle between X-Men and Apocalypse. Yeah. It happened. I've been waiting 20 years to see that. <laughs> and I loved it. What did yeah. you think about that? What did you take away from uh, that? Oh, man, just just the the complexity of the battle. It was so much to take in, but it was still simple enough to where you're not losing track of people. Right. You know, there's so many people fighting, and this person's fighting this person. and But it made sense. The the I guess the... Um, the cutting of the scenes. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what that's. The editing. The editing there you, there you go. go. Um, the editing was was spot on. Like you didn't lose track of not one character. No, you didn't. I mean, they all fought. You know, equally. Everybody had a had a, a you know, a, a key purpose. Because at this point, Apocalypse is trying to switch bodies with Xavier so that Apocalypse can get his powers. Nightcrawler goes into the Egyptian temple or the pyramid, and he's trying to you know teleport Xavier out. And mm-hmm. I love that during this fight, you know, that he had his role, Cyclops had his role, you know, everybody had a role that they were fighting against. Yeah. And uh, during this transformation, we finally see, which I was wondering, when is it going to happen? Xavier loses hair. Yeah. And he finally lost his hair in the middle of that transformation, which I thought was a, a good twist on it. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to see him shave his head. Right, right. You know right, what I mean? I didn't yeah. want to see like a scene where he goes, I think I'll look better with a bald head. And, you know, he yeah. shaves his head. So it made sense that during that element, he's like losing his hair because it's so much was happening. Right, right, right. So I like that. Um, but again, in that fight scene, we really saw everybody's key powers. Cyclops give it his all. Uh, even Mystique had a, a, a really good battle scene where she's fighting, but she slits the throat of Apocalypse disguised as Mystique. So because I didn't see that coming, you know, I, I disguised as Psylocke. Oh, Psylocke, Psylocke. Yeah, disguised as Psylocke. Sorry. So I mean, again, you know, you have all these like little key elements that. Again, you didn't get lost in the shot. Right, right, still, right. You still got to do. So at this point, again, everybody's battling, and it looks like Apocalypse has got the upper hand because he goes into Xavier's mind. Xavier's like, hey, I'm going to battle you in my mind, and they have an epic fight. But it still looks like Apocalypse is going to win because right. he's just beating him down. 
And lo and behold, he's like, Gene, help me. You can help me. Help me. Help me. I'm not alone. Gene lets go of her power a little bit, and it embraces the phoenix to defeat Apocalypse. And I love the way they did it because they didn't do it stupid. Don't get me wrong. Phoenix is a mystical creature that actually uh, protects the Imkron crystal in the universe. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're But they haven't touched that yet. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, and that's kind of how I I felt about it. They did it a a good way. All right. Well, just to touch on Jean Grey, who's uh, played by Sophie Turner. Game of Thrones chick, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought she did great. There's one thing. I don't don't know. Maybe I watched too much Game of Thrones, but I just – her accent kept poking out. Really? Yeah. I kept hearing her accent, her English accent. I didn't hear that. So the fact that you did is uh, actually pretty awesome. Yeah, I was was like – Stop! Like, <laughs> I, I was like, and I even looked in the credits. I was like, "Who's the the?" And it said dialect coach, and I was like, "You need to do a better job." Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> but I, I, that's just one thing I picked up, and and I couldn't get away from it. I was I, I was trying so hard to, okay, she's not she's, it's, it's Sophie Turner, but Jean Grey, Jean Grey, Jean Grey, and I kept seeing Sansa Stark, and I was like. And I kept hearing it in my in, in my head, and maybe maybe I'm tripping, maybe yeah. I'm tripping, maybe I, you know. But I kept hearing like an, uh, a bit of an English a- accent in it. Uh, but otherwise, I thought she did great. I thought it was a, a, a well played part, and she. It was uh, it was very to the point because Jean Grey was always like scared of her powers, and 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 I think she embodied it, like 100%. Where. She was just. Um, she was she was like real scared of it. Yeah, she was, and uh, then she finally lets go, and it, I was like, "Yeah, yeah no, I, I like that too." Um, and again, she just came out, she let her power out, and sure enough, she they, but it wasn't just Gene that defeated Apocalypse. It was Gene that uh, uh that the it was Gene collectively with the team. No, yet yes, it was Gene's power that did it, but you saw that. Storm turned on him, Magneto turned on him, Cyclops was blasting him, and then you had Gene's power. So it's collectively four people to defeat this one guy. Right. And I like that. It wasn't just just the one Phoenix. person. Phoenix. He's yeah. dead. You know what I mean? It took collectively the X Men to do it, and I like that. Um, lo and behold, he's destroyed. I don't think he's destroyed because at the end of the movie, not at the end of the movie, but at, at, at that scene, he says, "All is revealed." That is yeah. so open-ended. Yeah. You know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily mean all is revealed, I can die. To me, I saw him looking at the Phoenix going, you're the one I needed to be bonding with, not yeah. Xavier. That's how I took that, like, all is revealed. And then he went somewhere else. He was, you know, destroyed, quote-unquote. I think that was open-ended, like, all is revealed, he's coming back one day. You think so? I think so. No, I disagree. Okay. I, 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 I disagree. He got, he got melted, dude. He, he was done. I don't think so. It's apocalypse. He's he's got to come back. Done. Nope. <laughs> That's where I disagree. So, and at that point, you're right, man. We get everybody kind of comes together. Xavier and Magneto have a sharing moment. All of the teams back at the X Mansion, and Xavier finally realizes that I need to build an X Men team because more of this stuff is going to happen, and I need somebody to fight for our rights. Yep. Magneto helps him, 
And I absolutely love at this point of the movie, they have a scene where they share the exact same quote that was from the first X-Men. Doesn't it scare you, Charles, that one day they'll come into your house in the middle of the night and take your children? And then Xavier said, I feel a great deal of pity for the man that comes to this house looking for trouble. Yeah. And I love it because that was a straight-up quote from the first movie, which is, again, an homage to where it all began. Yeah. And lo and behold, he goes, hey, can I convince you to stay, Magneto? And he says, you're a psychic. You can make me do anything. And Xavier goes, see you around, old friend, <laughs> which to me was basically saying, it ain't over yet. Me and you got a lot more battling to do yeah. because you know Magneto is still stuck in his ways, and Xavier is still going to be who he is. Right. And at that point, you see the danger room, and the Sentinels walk in, and they're about to fight and learn how to be X-Men. And I love the way that ended. And now we let the credits roll and we go into the what I feel is the next chapter of the X-Men, XCU, X-Men Cinematic Universe. We see them walk back into the Alkali Lake and recover a Weapon X vial of his blood along with two other vials of yellow and blue liquid. And he closes the case and it says Essex Corporation, which is Nathaniel Essex's group or corporation who is... No, none other than Mr. Sinister. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. Finally, the X-Men universe and the people at bay are finally addressing and letting out these valid villains. We have Magneto. We have Apocalypse. Now we're going to get Sinister. Thank the good Lord that there's somebody at Fox that's saying, we're going to rival Avengers and Marvel MCU. We're going to give exactly what these nerds want. And that's good villains. Yeah. And that's the way I took that scene. How did you take that? Well, like we talked after the movie, I didn't know, I had no clue. <laughs> but after he explained to me, I, I I was like, oh yeah, you know the. the, the and I dude. really, I really think that the sinister scene wasn't necessarily for another X Men movie. I think it's for the next Wolverine movie, mm. because if you remember, at the very end of, what was it? I think it was the end of, um, oh yeah, that's what it was, the end of. Uh, the Wolverine movie. Okay. Xavier shows himself to Wolverine in the end of the Wolverine, which mm -hmm. was the tie-in to Days of Future Past. So now we have Apocalypse, Essex Corporation. I think that was a tie-in into the next Wolverine, not the next X-Men movie. So in gotcha. the next Wolverine movie, I feel like we have a Sinister. Mr. Sinister, that is. Gotcha, gotcha. But that's just me. Yeah. Overall, Gabby at the movies... What do you give this movie? All right. Before I give my review, there's one big thing that I, I just got to uh, get lost on. Okay. All right. And maybe you can help me. Okay. From, from X1 to present, are all these movies connected? Yes. Okay. So for that reason, I, I'm going to give it a, a 9 out of 10. 9 point nine. It's this would be like this would be one of my all time favorite movies. But it's the plot holes that that come along because I know if it was standalone, if this was like maybe the first movie that came out or uh, like we're reamping the okay, series. But you have to think that this X-Men Days of Future Past erases everything that happened from X1 to X3. It's an alternate timeline now. Ah, okay. That's how it's worked because 
at the very end of Days of Future Past, Wolverine wakes up, and he's he sees Gene, he sees Scott, he sees everybody. He's like he sees everybody. Hey, what the hell? What's going on? And everything has been changed due to the the events that have happened. Gotcha, in gotcha. Past, which is why X three and X two, basically all the original X movies are now non and void. Those are reference movies at this point. Gotcha. If you want to reference X-Men, then you watch the original trilogy. Now that we have First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse, that is now the new XCU. Going forward from X-Men First Class on is the gotcha. now X-Men Cinematic Universe, which is why we saw basically Deadpool referencing a lot of X-Men stuff. So yeah. now he can come over. We yeah. have Wolverine blended into this new universe. Com- coming from the last Wolverine movie, The Wolverine. So every Wolverine movie from The Wolverine to now all makes sense. Gotcha. That's why. All right, all right. So that's oh. why also <laughs> once we see a – once we see the third Wolverine, as you remember in the, in the second Wolverine, The Wolverine, he got his adamantium claws mm-hmm. ripped out. He went back to bone claws. Yeah. Which is why in the next one he can have adamantium again because after that movie was – uh, Days of Future Past, which gotcha. then set in turn a different alternate way of him getting out of Antium. Gotcha. So, all right. All right. Ex- well, well, thank you. Thank you. So with then, that being said, that, you give it a nine out of ten. Uh, with that being said, nine point five out of ten. I think this is a near perfect movie. Uh, entertainment, entertaining, uh, good pace. The acting was, uh, well, again, it's. You're not going to get anybody else to play Wolverine. You're not right. going to get anybody else to play. Uh, Professor X or, or Magneto for that. So acting is acting. It's I think it's well played. Um, score was the score. I don't I don't even know who who composed, but I love that good. you go that deep deep into it. I love the score. So yeah, I love the, it. The, the the score. I thought it was uh, sweet I I, dreams. Exactly are made that, of that that <laughs> that part. I mean, there there's there's so much to the score. I I, I loved it. I thought it was I'm, good. I'm gonna agree with you. I give it a nine out of uh, a nine nine out of ten because yeah. it, I, I, again, it was everything that I ever wanted in the next movie on the silver screen, and I couldn't complain. The only thing I didn't like about it, Havoc died, and so did Archangel. The only thing I didn't like about it. Yeah, that was well, it. And I and I, I could deal with that. Jubilee was like the the little <laughs> the little the little thing. So, Celos, what did you rate this movie? Uh, you guys are rating rating it out of ten, an eight and a half out of ten. Wow, Celos. I was I was entertained. Stayed awake I was, the whole time. I was, I was blown away. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for those little cheesy things, and here's another here's another cheesy thing. Uh, I think when Angel when they went looking for Angel, yeah. um, Apocalypse and his three horsemen. Uh, he was was he he was drunk, but was he just chilling out in his little home or whatever? And he was listening to Metallica, by the way. Right, the Four Horsemen, and yeah. you know, just <laughs> the little things like that. I'm like, oh, that's so in your face, you know. And so, because of the you, little ch- cheesy things, you could have dealt that, without that. Right. Okay. okay. Eight and a half out of ten. Well, I mean, there's not much more to say after this movie. Uh, the next movie that we'll be reviewing, I think, is going to be Doctor Strange, unless we really want to take a stab at a TMNT. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I'm going to pass. I think I'm going to pass, too. I uh, Again, maybe it might be one I just review by myself. It could be yeah. Romeo at the movies for that one. <laughs> uh, but I think the next Gobby at the movies will definitely be Doctor Strange. We've got some changes coming up on the Geeks and Wrestling podcast, which I will address later on in the future. 
Uh, but for now, we're just going to keep it with what it is. This has been Gabby at the movies reviewing X-Men Apocalypse. I'm giving it two thumbs up. Gabby's giving it two thumbs up. Celos is always giving it a thumbs up at, at, at best. Yes. <laughs> but without further ado, I hope this helped you guys out. And watching this movie, we broke it down you know, practically from beginning to end. We gave you everything, so you don't even have to see this movie. But I suggest you do that. Again, we really thank Old Chicago for putting us on here. RomeoFalcon.com. Get your shirts there. Check me out. Check me out. All our uh, podcasts are on iTunes and also RomeoFalcon.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on iTunes. Gabby, you got anything for us? Nah, man. Uh, just uh, looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. Again, this has been Gabby at the Movies Edition of the Geeks and Wrestling Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. See you next time or talk to you next time, whatever you want to say. Thank you.